0: Last week we started this series that we're calling. Um, I'll try to put that up there. That's a greeting picture today. <laughs> that uh, we're calling "Twisted Truths, and what what we're talking about is things from the Bible that are true, but the devil comes in and he kind of kind of manipulates them a little bit to make them untrue, to uh, to hinder us and try to keep us from being all that God wants us to be. And last week we talked about how that we'll never measure up. And you know, it, it's true when you think about it, because it's only through faith in God that we are saved and that we are made right with God. It's by His grace and it's our faith in that grace. And it was it was a very, very, very deep message theologically with the topic that we were talking about, but it was a very basic message too, and one that we all need to, to understand and And so that's what we talked about last week. And I encourage you, we record these now and they're online. If you weren't here last week, you can go back and you can go listen to that. Or if you were here and you'd like to be refreshed, you can go listen to that too. And share it with your friends because that was the things we talked about last week, the foundation of everything that Jesus does for us. So, you know, it was a foundational message. So I encourage you to listen to that if you haven't had a chance yet. But today what we're doing is we're talking about the need to please people. Or the need to be liked by people. Because, you know, we want to be liked by people. And so our key thought for the day, we'll just go ahead and share this with you right up front. Our key thought for the day, and this is on your listening guide, is becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. And so today we're going to deal with this truth that most of us here, I'm sure we probably know, but few of us live it out. And that is that no matter how hard you try, you will never be able to please everyone. All right, and just so you know, I'm a regular guy, and I like to be liked by people. You know, and the pressure that I feel in my life, whether it's real pressure or something I make up in my head, which is kind of scary, but you know, I can I can do that. You know, I, I feel that, and especially in the in the ministry. You know, with the uh, Something that is universal with pastors and you know, it's, it's no different with me. We feel the pressure of if I do a good job, then you'll come back. You know, if I don't do a good job, then you won't come back kind of thing. And so you know, we, we suffer or we deal with that unhealthy temptation in our life to surrender to the opinions of other people and you know, try to please people. Now, you're probably like me, and I'm sure you are, and you know the truth that we can't please everybody, but it's weird how the devil can come in and he can manipulate that truth in such a way that it actually hurts us. And so the way that it works out and the way that we begin thinking about this is, well, I know I can't please everybody, and so I've got to work really hard at pleasing as many people as I can or probably more realistically how it works out is I know I can't please everybody so there's this group of people in my life that I have to concentrate on and I have to work really hard at pleasing these people because if I don't make them happy then I am a failure the truth is none of us were designed to please all people Okay, we can't please everybody there's no way possible to do that And so today what we're going to do is we're talking about not living for the approval of people, but instead we are living for the approval of God, okay, for the audience of one. And it's not approval to get Him to like us, okay, again I refer back to last week's message, go listen to that. You know, we, we obey Him not out of an obligation, we obey Him out of an appreciation for what He's done for us. But we live for an audience of one. Now we can see a story in the Bible where Paul, the Apostle Paul, he went to Galatia. And he was going there to try to straighten out a mess. Because there there were people, all these people there, they were confused. And they they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to be made right with God. And like I said, they were confused. And some of the people said, to be made right with God, you have to be circumcised. Okay, we talked about that last week. Others said, no, you have to obey the whole law. Others said, no, you, you have to do both. Other people said, no, you don't have to do any of those things. And so they were confused. You know, there, was, there was a lot of stuff going on, and they were very confused about it. And so Paul, he comes in, he knows, he, he has heard what's going on. He comes in to straighten out this mess, and he comes in to tell them that the only way that you are made right with God is by faith in Jesus, and that faith in Jesus alone. And so Paul, he comes in with this very bold message, and he starts preaching this message to them. And he soon realizes as he's doing that that there's a group of people there who are they're getting angry with him, and so he watches his approval rate plummet. And he sees that happening, and because it was an election year, and they were voting in new apostles at the time, he thought, if I don't please everybody, then I won't get voted back. And so he changed his message. He changed his message for one group. He softened his message for another group so that he could please all the people. (laughs) Now, that's a lie. That's not what he did. Okay, That's that's not what he did at all. But that's what we do, isn't it? That's what we do. We kind of tailor our message or our action, sometimes trying to please everybody. Trying to please different groups of people in our life. But what Paul did, this is what he really did, he came in and he preached boldly. And he said, you must receive Jesus and Jesus alone. And there were people there who didn't like that message. You know, they were turned off by that. And so that's why he made this statement in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. He said, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. And this sentence, this is key here. He says, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. If I'm always trying to please people, then that will take my eyes off of doing what God wants me to do. Of doing God's will in my life. Because becoming obsessed with what people think is the quickest way To forget what God thinks. To forget how He feels about me. Do we have any people pleasers here? Any people pleasers? Go and make me happy and raise your hand. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. That pleases me. (laughs) Some of us, we're driven by what people think, aren't we? We're driven by it, and it's easy to fall into this trap. So I want to look at some characteristics of people pleasers, right right off the bat here. The first characteristic is they take most criticism personally. Somebody criticizes you, and you are just devastated by it. And it, this one used to be true of me early on in in, minis- in my ministry, and I was fresh out of school, fresh into ministry, and I found out pretty quickly that. You know, not all church people are that nice. <laughs> Just because they're in church doesn't mean they're they're that nice. And it's those people that are usually the most vocal. And you know, it hurt a lot of times. But now, as I've gotten older, I don't really care what people think so much anymore. And actually, the truth that is, I've learned to decipher the source of what it's coming from, and that's that's the key there. So, how many people here would say I tend to take criticism personally? <laughs> Would that, would that describe you? Another characteristic of people pleasers is they feel an extraordinary fear of rejection. They have this extraordinary fear of rejection. Please don't reject me. Please like me. I'll do whatever it takes so you don't reject me. Another characteristic is they find it hard to express their true feelings. You know I'd like to tell you what I think, but I'm afraid I'll hurt your feelings, and I'm afraid if I hurt your feelings, then you won't like me. Now, how many of you'd say, yeah, I have a hard time expressing my true feelings well, That's probably you know a lot of people. the fourth characteristic, and these are just four that we're talking about today is they just have a hard time saying no. <coughs> you have a hard time saying no now. Now here's here's how this one here's how this one goes right here. You can be very agreeable on the outside. Okay? Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that, no problem. I can do that. I'd be I'd be happy to. But on the inside, you're griping, you're complaining. I can't believe they asked me to do this. You know, I've got a million other things I, I need to be doing. I don't have time to be to be doing this. Harriet Breaker, she wrote a book called The Disease to Please. It's called The Disease to Please. And in this book she said that people pleasers, you know, hardcore people pleasers, they're like addicts. Just like a drug addict <clears throat> seeks drugs, people pleasers, they seek the approval of people. It's the disease to please. And it's a very dangerous place. Because when we get there, we become obsessed with what people think about us. And that's a very surefire way to forget what God thinks about us. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do about this? Well, I want to show you a couple different facts about people-pleasing. And hopefully that uh, if you fall within this trap or ever find yourself in the future sometime beginning to fall into this trap, that when you remember these two things, it will help you to be more concerned with not so much the applause of people, but what you're doing for God. And the first one, we've, we've, we touched on this one briefly a, a few weeks ago. We need to remember, people-pleasing is a form of idolatry. It's a form of idolatry. And this might seem kind of extreme when you think about it, but it's true. No, it's a form of idolatry. Because God says, you shall have no other gods before me. But when we surrender to the opinions of other people rather than the opinions of God, we're placing these people in the place where God should be. Because we're saying in our mind, in our actions, I'm more concerned about what these people think than what God thinks. And when we do that, that's idolatry. Now, some people would think that people-pleasing is more of a spiritual problem than it is a relational problem. And when you think about it, it's true. People-pleasing is a spiritual problem because it's a form of idolatry. And you can see a great example of this in the New Testament because there were, some, there were some leaders and they became believers in Jesus. They wanted to be followers of Jesus, but they wouldn't go public with their faith in Jesus. Well, kind of like some people might might do today. You know, some people might be believers, but they're afraid to go public because they might be criticized, or they might lose some deals, or they might lose some friendships. So they don't they don't go public with that. And you know, you might become a follower of Jesus, and you're afraid that your friends will look at you and say, "Now you're one of those religious people. You know, you're going to be a religious weirdo." And so we don't want that to happen, so we keep quiet. You know, that's what some people do. But here's the reason why these people didn't go public. This is in John chapter 12, starting at verse 42. It says, Many people did believe in Him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders. But they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. That's idolatry. That's idolatry right there. They were more concerned with their reputation. They were more concerned with their status among these other people that they were friends with, that they were colleagues with. They were more concerned with that than they were with their reverence towards God. And that's a very dangerous place to be in our life. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, it gives us a not so subtle warning about this. And from this short verse, we can see some, some traps in people pleasing and that verse there says fearing people is a dangerous trap but trusting the Lord means safety. Fear of men no fear of people. Fear of what they are going to think fear of what they are going to do fear of what they are going to say about me if I say something about Jesus or if I make my faith public and we have that fear and it's a trap now the Old Testament it was originally written in Hebrew and the, the word that's translated into our language there, trap, it literally means a hook in the nose. Okay, not a nose ring, but a hook in the nose. And if you put a hook through the nose of like a, some of your livestock, you know, some an, an animal, or even some of the, the Assyrians back then, they put it in the noses of their enemy and then put a rope through that, and they could lead, you know, captured enemies, and they could, they could lead people around very easily that way. See, if you have a hook in your nose, you know, you can get lead everywhere, right? Very easily, you can get lead everywhere. Will you do this for me? Sir, I can do that. And all of a sudden, you're, be, you're being led around by this hook because it's a trap. Will you compromise your values for me? Sir, I'm being dragged around by what you think. I'm being dragged around by this hook. We have to be set free from that. We have to be set free from this, this way of thinking. And so I want to look at some specific traps that our enemy sets for us. And when we fall in these traps, we become very ineffective. And that's what we want to you know be cautious about. The first one is an out-compromise-for-you trap. That's an out-compromise-for-you trap. And the most obvious one here... And I've said this before, and this is the most obvious one here. You've got a boy and a girl dating. Maybe the boy's putting the pressure on. And the girl's thinking, No, nah, I really want to save myself from marriage. I know that's the right thing to do, but I don't want him to not think that I don't love him. And so she gives in. She compromises. Or maybe the girl's pressuring the guy, and the guy's thinking, I don't want my friends to think I'm a loser. You know, I, don't, I don't. I want to say myself. But I, you know, I want to. I want to seem like a man. I don't want to think that I'm not a man. And so they compromise. This is a, I'll compromise for you, track. Maybe at school. Maybe at work. You know, for those of us who are older now, maybe you know you're at work and or at school, and somebody tells a dirty joke, and you kind of laugh at it because you don't want them to think. Oh, you're one of those religious weirdos, you know, I, I forgot about that. You're you're one of those time type, those types of people. And so you compromise. Kind of chuckle a little bit. And maybe you're not doing so good at your job and you know you, you've got to get the deal done, you gotta get this this part of your job done, and so you kinda fudge numbers a little bit, you fudge things a little bit, so the, the boss will be, you know, proud of you, be happy with you. And what you've done just a little bit there is you've compromised. Because you're more concerned about what people think than what God thinks. It's the hook in your nose. And it's leading you around. Because you've you've just compromised there. Second trap. I'll overcommit for you. I'll overcommit for you. I care so much about what you think that I'm going to do more than I should just so you'll think highly of me. Can you do this for me? Well, yeah. Can you do this too? Well, sure I can. Next week, what we're going to do is we're going to delve a little deeper into into this one right here because it's crazy the types of pressure that the people and society put on us to live up to the expectations of others. And some people are stretching themselves so thin that they don't have time for their family, much less God. And you know, we're going to talk about that because they're living to everyone else's expectations. That's the I'll overcommit for you trap. And then the third one, I'll let you limit my success trap. I will let you limit my success. So maybe, maybe you feel called by God to be a leader. Maybe it's a leader in your family, maybe a leader at work, maybe a leader at school. But you're really feeling called by God to influence people in a positive way for Jesus. And, or maybe you have this vision or this ministry, or this desire for a ministry. And if you have that and if you want to do that, the more successful you become and the more you step out in doing those things, the more people are going to criticize you and the more people are not going to like you. And so you just have to understand and be aware that it's part of the, the territory. And that we are working you know, for the approval of God for his vision that he's given us and not so much for the opinions of others. But when we get concerned about the opinions of others, what that does is that puts a ceiling on our success because we don't step out as far as, as we should. And we're going to succumb to what people think about us. It's a common trap. And what is it? It's idolatry. It's idolatry. It's surrendering and sacrificing the values of God and what He desires for our life for the opinions and the approval of others. So what's the answer? Well, I'll tell you what the answer is. But I also am going to tell you that it's an ongoing challenge. Okay, it's something that you have to recommit to on a continual basis. Now I would say a daily basis, but it's more than daily, okay It's a continual basis that you have to recommit yourself to and the thing about this is as Jesus followers, we are called to serve others now we we are we are called to serve them, but there's a fine line that we have to walk here. There's a difference between serving and being a people pleaser, and the only way that we can effectively do what God wants us to do is to not live to please people, but live to please God. And so here's the answer. Number two on your listening guide. The fear of God is the best antidote for the fear of people. Now it's that simple, and that one statement right there can be life-changing. The fear of God, and that's not necessarily, you know, a, ah, I'm scared, you know, fear. It's a reverence. It's a respect. It's a deep spiritual awe of God. And that's the antidote for falling into this people-pleasing tract. So if you say, or you think, yeah, you know, I'm kind of a people-pleaser. I just want to say this one thing, and if you forget everything else that I've talked about today, which would make me very sad if you did, because I'm trying to please you, okay? But Remember this one phrase right here. And I, I want to say this with all the sincerity and all the compassion that, you know, the, that I can have, but if you say I'm kind of a people pleaser, remember this. If you are, people are too big in your life and God is too small. The opinions of people are too big. You've given too much weight to what people think. The, uh, the opinion of God, what God thinks about you, has become too small. And here's what the Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 9. It says, Fear the Lord. Now some versions, they say they, say they show God reverence. And again, it's a holy fear. It's, it's an awe. But He says, Fear the Lord, you His godly people, for those who fear Him will have what have all they need they will have all they need when God becomes big okay when he becomes big in your life when he is first you won't need the approval of other people because you will have God and that is all you need for example when you're tempted to compromise your values You you find yourself in that position where you're tempted to compromise your values about something. When God becomes so big, and He's there in that situation, and you see that, and you allow that, you, you allow Him to be big there in your life, all of a sudden, the grip of what's happening to you loosens itself. And you're able to say, I want to live for God. I want to do what God wants. And so your opinion will not slow me down. Your opinion will not keep me from doing this. If you want me to do something that I know is not from God, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to let you deter me from what God wants me to do. So when you live for God, you will be different because normal is rarely godly. Somewhere in 1 Peter it calls this peculiar. And we're a peculiar people. But God, He becomes so big that we're able to say, I will not compromise. God becomes so big that we won't overcommit. God becomes so big that we will do life according to God's ways. And so if God calls me to take a faith risk, if He calls you to take a faith risk and everybody else disagrees, we're able to say, I'm not living for you. Now I'm living for God. If God calls me to lead my family in a different way. You now what's God I'm trying to please? I'm not trying to please you. Other people might criticize me. I don't care about that. Because I want to do what God's called me to do. And because God is becoming so big, and I've allowed Him to be so huge in my life, the, that's the greatest antidote. Okay, it's the fear of God. That overcomes the fear of what people think about me. So it's getting close to God. It's allowing God to be big in my life and living for Him and for Him alone. So you have to be set free. You have to be set free. Now chances are that some people in this room, your life would be different today. Your life would be different if you were not always concerned with what people think. You might be living in a different place. You might have a different career. Things would be different. Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's the only way you can stop caring about what other people think or being overly concerned about that. Be who God created you to be. You know, you don't have to dress like everybody else. You don't have to talk like everybody else. You don't have to like the same things that everybody else likes. You don't have to live like everybody else. If you live like everybody else, chances are you're not following Jesus. Because our, you know, our society tells us it's all about us. You know, it's all about ourselves. It's all about consumerism. And it's a sickness. It's a disease to please. And we've got to be set free from that. So if you're, cons- if you're consumed with what people think, that's the fastest way to forget what God thinks. Now even in churches today, you know, churches across America, a lot of churches, uh, the, the message becomes, the philosophy becomes, what's going to please people? You know, what's going to keep them coming back? What's going to keep them entertained? What's going what's to do all this? No. what's going to please God. The only antidote for the fear of what people think is to make God bigger in your life. Seek Him, surrender Him, know Him. Let Him become bigger. Let Him have His rightful place in your life and that will set you free from so many things including the opinions of other people. You know, Jesus, when He came to this earth, He wasn't concerned what people thought. Now People tried to get Him to go away from His mission. You know, he had a focus. He knew what God wanted Him to do. And you know, even we talked a couple weeks ago about it, that you know, even Peter tried to get Him to change His focus a little bit. Said, Jesus, don't do that. But Jesus, He stayed true to the task. And because he did, because he wasn't concerned about pleasing people, but he was concerned about doing what God wants him to do, we have the forgiveness of our sins that he offers us. We have the power to live life that his resurrection gives us. And we're here today because of what he's done for us. So in just a moment, we're going to have a time of communion where we take time out in our service to remember what he's done for us, to remember the sacrifice that he made, and to remember the fact that He's not dead, but He's alive. He's alive and they ready to live inside of us. ready to help us through life. So as the communion is passed in front of you, I just encourage you to take it in remembrance of Him. Alright, let's pray.